Welcome to Groom to Grow, the raw, real, relatable podcast of three mom bosses conquering the world. If you notice, this is not Shauna's voice giving you the intro, but your soulful homegirl, Ife Maya. Shauna actually had a prior engagement, but that's okay. Acacia and I are here and we're holding it down for her. So I want to start off by saying we're still riding the wave of the high from Acacia's book launch party last night. The vibes and energy was so high in that room, y'all. Y'all just don't know. And there was nothing but love all around. So, Kasia, I want to say kudos and congratulations to you. you, you. It was an amazing event. Everything was like beyond beautiful. And I want to know now, how are you feeling about everything? Well, I can honestly say reality is probably starting to set in um you know you could think about things you can put things on a bucket list you can say things that mm, you want to do but when it's actually happening it's real it's really real so now i'm a published author mm. girl what now okay a published author <laughs> gosh i but mean God. i have wrote a book and um just to go back and look at all of the pre-ordered copies and the people that saying, I want your book when I see y'all, I'm like on an all-time high. Yes. So I'm just excited. Um, and I can't wait to see what's gonna happen with this book. We're declaring a number one. I was about to say, I can kind of tell you what's going to happen. This book will be on the bestsellers Mm. list, y'all. And if y'all don't remember from the previous podcast, the name of the book is called Out of Bounds um, by Acacia Lee. And you can actually still uh, pre-order the book. Um, uh, You can actually pre-order it at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Acacia Lee. And get that book pre-ordered so that when... It, uh, it's here, y'all have it in hand already. Because guess what? We're going to do a whole nother podcast about this book for the people who have read it because we want to get into the nitty gritty. So, um, Acacia, I know that you, that you had before, but give us another brief synopsis without giving everything away. Give us another brief synopsis about what's in store for the readers of Out of Bounds. What's in store? Okay, um... I, I can I can give you a little small portion of it mm-hmm. without giving a lot because um, as some of you may already know, um, my book is based upon um, a business that I previously owned, The New Beginning of New Orleans, and the business was closed for Medicaid fraud. Um, and when I tell you that it uh, the entire situation changed my entire life. Um, going to prison, coming back home, and having to revamp my entire life because, you know, when you're used to doing things one way um, and you have to really get out here and and get it done another way, um, it's mind-blowing at what I've come to be today because of my experience, um, you know, going to prison. Um, And I'm basically talking about how the story unfolded the day that the um, federal government came in. That day was just like a day when you have like a funny feeling that something's not going to be right. 
that basically that's basically how my day started off. And um, when they came in, it was the feeling just came to life. It, that's that's what it was. That was the premonition that I was feeling that entire day. And my story goes on to tell um, how they did the investigation. You know how the government tries to twist and turn things to make things seem like it's one thing when it's really not. But overall, I will say this before going forward. The government was only doing their job. Mm -hmm. Because if Acacia would have been doing her job and not delegating different things and trusting so many people in areas that I should have had my eyes on, I'm not going to say I I probably wouldn't have experienced what I did, but um, things probably would have been a little bit different. But my story goes on to tell, um, you know, how my family dealt with it, with my kids and, you know, the people that were indicted in the case, some of the things that happened with them, um, the stories that they told, you know, when they were questioned. Um, And ultimately, it ends with me being sentenced to 60 months in prison. And that's where I stopped with that book. And part two will go into me arriving at the federal prison camp in Mariana, which is where I first started serving my time. And it'll go on to discuss um, things that I got into, um, things I took part in, and then being transferred to another facility. Okay, hang on. Let me uh, cut you off right there for a minute because I really don't want you to give away too, too much. I want our growers to buy this book and read this book because it's so much there is so much meat and potatoes up in there till it's ridiculous so they gotta go get it in their hands but i do want to uh shift gears for a minute because this is my thing um since we started this podcast and prior to you know people have always told us how we inspire them and motivate them so my thing is this you know that i have been working on a book prior to and you've actually inspired me to pick that book back up get to typing again and do what i gotta do but i know on the onset you also have inspired our growers who may have had this idea have been pregnant with purpose on writing their books to actually put pen to paper sit at that laptop sit at that desk and do it so let me ask you this Acacia when it came to writing that book what was the most challenging part of it for you at the time nothing was challenging for me because when I started to write, um, is this was on, on the journey. I was sent to a, um, I was in something called a segregated housing unit. Mm-hmm. And being a police officer, you know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. I was in that room um, 23 hours a day. So it's not like, you know, once I said, you know, when I say God spoke and I listened, he told me to write my vision. I began to just write. It was nothing that I outlined. I didn't sit down. I just started. I couldn't talk to nobody, so I guess I was dealing with myself. Mm-hmm. And I actually just put pen to paper. And really, guys, I, I didn't have paper. I was writing on whatever the officers would push me. Mm. I didn't even have paper with lines on it. I can show you the book. Wow. It's written on paper that they may have had through in the trash or was going to throw away. And I, I just, when they would pass by on their rounds, I would just say, can you give me some paper? And they'll just push it back through the slot. And I would sit at my little desk and I would just write. 
That's amazing. For hours at a time. Because, you know, once I knew that I couldn't handle anything else on my own, mm-hmm. and God spoke, he told me, surrender, I listened. Mm-hmm. And I did what he told me to do. So, he just... I just wrote, I just, I just write. I would just write. write, write. So <laughs> this is my takeaway from that growers. Occasion's biggest challenge was finding something to write on. Mm-hmm. Now think about this. If that was her biggest challenge and she was locked away, what's your excuse? You get what I'm saying? What all you have to do is sit down and write. At your laptop, at your desktop, on your smartphone, on a, in a notebook, you have no excuse. She had limitations and she still made it happen. Out of Bounds started being written in what year? Um, 2010. On scraps of paper. Yeah. I need y'all to really let that, like Jess Hilarious says, sizzle in your soul. You know? <laughs> let that sizzle. November of 2010. On scraps of paper, y'all. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own heads and say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. If this woman, if this phenomenal woman, if this powerhouse could do this, locked away on scraps of paper, then there's no reason why I can. You can claim that you don't have time. If you got time to scroll Facebook, you got time to write. If you got time to scroll Instagram, you got time to write. If you got time to sit on the phone with your girlfriends for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, you have time to write. And guess what, growers? I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself, too. I promise you I am. You know, because a lot of times people see me and they say, oh, girl, you got to tell me what you did. You got to tell me how to write a book. Ain't nobody told me how to write a book. Mm. Get you a piece of paper mm-hmm. and write down your thoughts. Mm-hmm. A book is nothing but a pile of thoughts. Yes. Just a pile of thoughts and compile it together. Write what you feel. I just wrote for my soul. You know, I wrote for my soul. I had the opportunity to visualize everything just the way it happened on that day, May 4th, 2005. And I went back to that day. Because at this point on my journey, I had a clear mind. At one point, I wasn't even able to think. I was too busy trying to control Everything I left behind me, everything I left behind me, and you heard what I said, it was behind me. Because when you get to where I was, it's over with. Mm-hmm. You own nothing. Nothing, you know. So that's just, I, I, that's how it started. I wrote on scrap paper, and before you know it, I, I, I had a, a big old brown folder they gave me. I guess the people said, this lady must really be crazy. <laughs> because every time they came to the window, I was like, can I get a folder? And they was like, me, you asking for something we ain't supposed to give well, you. Well, guess but what? They gave it to me. God's people are a peculiar people. Very peculiar. So there you go. So right? they, they gave me everything I needed when they saw that I was serious about what I was doing. A lot of officers, they would come by and they would talk to me. Very inspiring to me. And they said oh, I was inspiring to them. Mm. But the only thing I was concerned about when I did get out the shoot was where was my book? Mm. Was it shipped in my property? Because, yeah. you know, in transit, they can... And there it was. It was there. It was there. So... Oh, was honey, there. God had the angels transporting yeah. that. Okay? <laughs> it was it divine. Was yeah. It was there. And I, when it I got couldn't to get lost next, if it wanted right, to. When I got to the next facility, which was in um, Carswell, mm-hmm. Texas, which is a part of Fort Worth, it was a medical facility. And once I got there and got situated... Um, because I did, I went to three different prisons, three. Mm. 
and yeah, three different prisons. And um, when I got to, to Fort Worth, I was there with a bunch of people that, um, that had life. Um, a, a couple of them have been released um, on pardons. Miss Alice, um, she was uh, released. You think I have a story? She has a story. And another girl, Sharonda Jackson, she was released. They both have, they had life sentences and they were overturned. Shout out to y'all. Um, we need them. And yeah, and um, <clears throat> I uh, started writing again once I got there. And that's when I go into the second book, you know, compiling things. But it, it was definitely an experience. And sometimes I, I sit down and I think about the ladies that were there, the ladies that I left and um, that have life sentences. And just to see where I am today, mm-hmm. it was awesome. But overall, I, I feel in my heart and soul that um, I went through that for a reason. Not only to um, find out who I was, but to be humble and put, keep God first and put him first. And I, I, I think it was just all a divine plan for my life. I okay. really do. Well, let me ask you about this because I know that you had um, mentioned this um, previously to me and I know that you mentioned it again last night at that amazing party. Um, you told me that your publisher said to you, this book is not written in book format, but more in play format. So will Out of Bounds, do you have plans for Out of Bounds as to some point hit the stage and if so can I have a role by the way (laughs) of course yeah um I I think I know that I I I, it it can be it definitely I see it happening in the near future a play um I I did speak with someone that's in production um when I it was first brought to my attention Tyra Barabino that owns Barabino Productions and, you know, she gave me a couple of tips on it. And I was like, oh, Tyra, it's still kind of soon. The book ain't done. But, you know, you have to kind of like prepare yourself for this because things are happening so suddenly. But, yeah, I can see that. I really do. And I, I know that that, the play, would definitely give people more um, highlights on just how it takes place, mm-hmm. you know, the entire situation. Yeah, so Out of Bounds coming to... Coming stage to a near stage you. near you. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. I love I it. Like okay, like so let me ask you this. When can our growers expect to have out of bounds in their hands? Okay, so what we're doing now is this is the final phase production. Um, and I spoke with the publisher this morning. The books that are gonna be ordered, that that's pre-ordered, if they're gonna be delivered, should be by April the 14th. Okay, yeah. April 14th. Um, and then what we're going to do, um, I'm going to do another book signing at mm-hmm. Nola Organic Spa. That's my spa, y'all. <laughs> we're going to do a book signing over there in the month of April as well. And we're just going to keep on going with it. I'm going to go to different churches. I'm going to go to different events. If I'm on the streets, I'm going to have Out of Bounds posted up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a number one seller. I'm going to put it on our website, awesome. on Nola Organic yeah. Spa's website as yeah. well. And um, I'm going to reach out to a couple of people. Um, that I know that's in the public sector and I'm going to work with them and um, we're going to push this thing because I, you know, it, it's, it, I want people to see my story clear. Mm-hmm. I 
want them to see it clear. Yeah. And I want them to see a transformation. Yeah. Through me. You know, my transparency. Just don't think that, you know, I'm just like, I just wrote a book. I want you to see my struggle. Because mm-hmm. the struggle was real. And it's still really real. Yeah. But, you know, through the struggle, you can't have success. Mm-hmm. You know. That's the truth. Through the struggle, you can still have success. And here it is today. Yeah. Phew. Okay. Well, all righty. So, one um last question, and we're going to wrap up for a bit. Um, I know that I heard you mention that, you know, this was on your bucket list to write this book. So I want to know, and I know that our growers want to know what's next for occasionally well, on that see, bucket I'm, list. I'm, I'm, I'm going to correct you because I can show you my visions that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Like I told you when he told me write the vision and the book was not there. It was not there. Okay. It was not there. Um, the book pretty much came about because I said to myself, I ain't got nobody to talk to, so who am I going to talk to? Mm. So I started talking to myself. To yourself. And I started putting it on paper. Mm. Because I had never really replayed that day in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I had to put it on paper so that I really could see that I, this is really real. Yeah. I'm in prison. Yeah. Why? Write it. Mm, mm, and that's mm. what I did. So what's up next? You never know. I, I don't know. I, I want to push this book. I want to do more speaking engagements. Um, on a business level, just grow my businesses. Definitely get get closer. If I get any closer to God, well, He already carrying me, so I guess I'll be on His shoulders for sure. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. <laughs> because I'm I'm grateful. I'm hum- I'm so humble. I'm I'm. If I go any lower, I'm. A, you can just call a mortuary and put the dirt on you, me. You one of the most humble, humble people I know Ooh, from you, the first day I to, met you. You have to have a sense. I'm misunderstood often because I'm kind of like I come off kind of strong but to know me is to love me mm-hmm. you know and I, I'm, I'm grateful I'm grateful amen to that grateful y'all it's all about having gratitude no matter what season you're in mm-hmm. be grateful find something in that season to be grateful for because yes. that'll take you a long way All right, y'all. So we are going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to shift gears a bit because um, I know that uh, some of a couple of the growers on our page actually asked for us to um, ask for me for a part three to my story saying that, you know, you didn't tell us about how you started your business and how you got into that whole side. So that's what we're going to do when we come back from this break growers so hang in there with us i hope y'all enjoy if y'all have any questions make sure y'all post them in a group for acacia and also again you can get your order in now pre-order your copy of out of bounds at bitly b-i-t dot l-y forward slash acacia lee and that's a-k-a-s-i-a lee l-e-e y'all bitly.com bit i'm sorry bitly forward slash acacia lee okay y'all okay so growers we'll be back after this break okay growers so we're gonna take a quick break and you'll hear a word from our sponsors be right back
And we are back. And we're shifting gears now to Ife Mayat's story. Some of the growers had questions on last week and they were begging for a part three. They were wanting to know how did Ife go from law enforcement to having one of the best day spas in the United States. So Ife, how did you go from law enforcement to owning one of the best on and popping day spas in the United States. <laughs> yes, because it is popping over at Nola Organic Spa. So this is the way it played out for me, y'all. So I was, again, uh, recap, I was in law enforcement for almost 20 years. I was a police officer with New Orleans police for a good portion of that time. But the thing was, I really honestly was not fulfilled and I was so unhappy going to work day in day out day in day out I just was not happy and I wanted to do something different but I didn't know what it was because for when it comes to a career like law enforcement for a lot of officers that is like the end all and be all and I was at a place where I was like okay I have to do something different but I don't know what exactly it is that I want to do. I've been doing this for so long. I know that I have to feed these children. I know that me and my then husband are going through this separation. What gives? I got to, you know, do something. And so one day I was uh, out at the lake and I was actually thinking about it. Like, what can I do? What can I do? And I was like, well, I wanted to be a massage therapist in all honesty way before I ever became the police. My um husband, ex-husband had uh, gifted me with a spa day one time and I was like, oh my God, this is the best ever and I could see myself doing this. And the one thing about me, there's not really a gray area with me. I don't ever really think small. And sometimes I, 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 well, I used to get very frustrated with myself saying, why does my brain work like this? Why can't I just do this and be happy with this? I can't think small. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it full out. So for me, that meant, okay, I'll, I can go to massage therapy school, but I want to own a day spa. I'm not going to just go and be a massage. I want to be the whole shebang, you know? Um, so with my Virgo nature, I actually decided to do just that. I started going to, uh, I enrolled in Blue Cliff. And so I was working every day from 6.25 a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. Um, doing patrol during the daytime. And then after that, I would go to uh, Blue Cliff from 5 to 10. So I would just go straight from there to there. And um, once that happened... Um, I, uh, after what was my program, 15 months, it was a 15 month program for massage therapy. After I finished that program, I was like, okay, well now what's next? I started doubting myself a little bit because I was like, all people have ever known me as was a police officer. So they're not going to take me seriously as a massage therapist. But, uh, one day I was just like, you know what? This is getting harder and harder to come to work every day because while I love helping people, I hated the politics of policing. So I was like, okay, let me, let me, um, 
see if this is something that I really wanted to do. So I ended up, uh, one day it, it got to the point cause every day I'd be like, I'm gonna just quit. No, I'm not going to quit. I'm gonna quit. No, I kept talking myself out of it. And so one day in particular, I'll never forget this day. Um, anybody who knows New Orleans police knows that we are notorious for having huge backlogs, meaning that our citizens have to wait for an extended period of time after they call the police for any issues that they may have. So this one lady, she, her neighbor had, she lived in an apartment complex. Her neighbor shot through her wall. So when the neighbor shot through her wall, she called the police. It was like at two that morning. My shift didn't start because I had gotten transferred to the evening shift. So my shift didn't start until three that afternoon. So that next day. So when I came into work, she was my first call up. From the night before? From the night before, yes. Shame on them. So once that, I mean, but you have to understand, you know, it goes in order of priority. The dispatchers are asking the citizens a number of questions. Are you injured? Is anybody injured? Do you feel like your life is in jeopardy? Are they threatening you? You know, there's this whole list of questions and they prioritize these calls with life-threatening being at the top of the list and non-life-threatening being. So at that point to New Orleans, it was more property damage than because she wasn't in a dispute with anybody or anything like that. So that's what it was. And that's how it fell. I just, off the record, I just don't understand. And this this, this happens over here as well. I can say Jefferson Parish, I guess it's a smaller sector to cover than New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But you guys over there, they have the two, right? It's like NOPD and Marlon Gusman. That's two different Oh, yeah, but Marlon, the sheriff's department only controls the jail. Okay. NOPD takes okay. care of the streets okay. of New Orleans. Okay. So it's not like the plan. sheriff's office is responding to okay. calls for service. No. I, I just, to me, I don't know. So, but this is the thing. We might come into work, like, say that day, we might come into work and there might be like 60, 70 calls for service waiting in the queue. You know, so there's no way a platoon of maybe 10, 12 officers can handle all of those calls. So somebody's going to have to wait. And that's what unfortunately happened in her case. Right. So when I got there, you know, of course, understandably so, she was very upset. She was irate. I could have been dead. I could have been hurt. New Orleans don't care about nobody and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I'm doing my very best to calm her down. But also remember, I'm an officer that's kind of in that area where I'm in limbo now because I don't really want to be on this job anymore. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled, but I know I need to feed my kids. So she kept going on and on. I'm doing my best to reassure her, man. Ma'am, I do understand. I apologize for the delay. I understand your frustration. I will be just as frustrated as you. Normally, I can take meet somebody where they are and then walk them down back to a level where we can have this conversation and we can get the task that needs to be done, done. But in her case, I couldn't do that. She was just growing more and more irate no matter what I said. She was cursing at me and everything else. And yeah, and she was right. Yeah. And so I got to a point where I was like, after she cut up so long and I couldn't, I said, ma'am, I don't give a shit about your wall. That's what I said, growers. I did, I swear. And she kind of looked like, wait, what? And I was like, oh my God. And that's when I knew. I said to myself, okay, chick, you're done. 
you are done. This is because if you are talking to these people like this, you know, it's no time. You're done. So I carried that. I finished out my shift that day, but I carried that because I felt so bad. That you said that. Yeah, I really, really did. You know, and I, you know, took her report and still, you know. How was she after you told her that? Did she calm down? Uh, she was alright. She called my supervisor out. My supervisor was like, "Well, I'll send somebody else to take the report." No, she was like, "No, because I'm gonna be waiting another fifty years. Just let her hand." So you know, I took the report and went on my way. I apologized to her immensely, but you know, it was it was wrong and I don't but that's where I was with it right so after that I was like okay um that next day I was saying you know what I'm gonna just quit I'm gonna just do it I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna just do this I'm I'm gonna just do it because I'm not one who can talk for too long about doing anything if it pops in my mind chances are nine times out of ten is already done by the time I'm actually talking about it you know so in that case, I kept saying, because quitting your job is such a huge undertaking. That's a whole career. You right. know, that's not. You you, start over. Right. And so I was like, OK, I went to work that day. I got dressed. I put on my uniform. I put on my boots, my bulletproof vest, my gun, my badge, all of that good stuff. And I went to work talking myself out of it, saying, you're not going to quit. You're not going to quit. You can't quit. Your girls need you. You're not going to quit. I sat through roll call. After roll call, I got up, went into the report writing room, typed up what's an inner office memorandum called the 105. Mm-hmm. I typed up my 105 saying I quit. I resigned. Wow. And I handed it to him. And it was like, wait a minute, this can't be, you know, this, are you okay? Because again, now they knew about my past mm-hmm. psychological issues. So are you okay? What's going on? They sent like three different people mm-hmm. to talk to me because they were like, well, why would you get dressed and do all of this? You didn't come here to quit. Right. You know, but that's exactly what I did. I gave them the gun, the badge, you know, the taser, the radio, and I walked up out of there. And I was like, OMG, when I pulled off. So let me ask you a question. When you... You gave him the letter. We, we know that. When you walked out of there, what was your 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 mind set? It was honestly somewhere between. And again, I mind you, I was still actually going through that depression that I talked about before. Right, right. So it was somewhere between maybe feeling a little uh, in disbelief. A little euphoric, a little you relieved, you know, all of these things. It was just so many emotions, you know, happening, you know, at the same time. And so um, I got in my car and, and showed up back at home. And my kids are like, uh, huh? You know, yeah, I'm back. I'm, yeah, no, I'm not going back to work. What's next, mama? <laughs> you know. So you already doing Blue Cliff. So you already enrolled in. The I had I had graduated by so, then. So so you already had a plan, mm-hmm. but your plan just wasn't executed. My I I didn't have a solid plan. I Correct. knew roundabout what I wanted to do. I'm one of those people who, like I said, when something pops in mm-hmm. my head, I'm gonna jump out the window and figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, while I'm headed to the ground, because mm-hmm. either I'm gonna crash or I'm gonna, gonna go build that plane mm-hmm. and I'm gonna fly, and you know. That's what I did. I um because during uh therapy before I went back to work when I was still out from dealing with all of my psychological issues and junk and garbage going on, 
I would, my, my psychiatrist would say, are you ready to go back to work? No, I'm not. I don't want to go back. Are you ready to go? No, I don't want to go back. And finally she was like, okay, you keep telling me you don't want to go back. She said, so it must be something else that you want to do. And I said, well, I don't know what I want to do. Mind you, I had graduated massage school by then. She said, okay, well, let me ask you this. She said, if money was no object, then what would you be doing? I said, oh, I would be massaging full time. Like it just rolled off my tongue so easily, you know? And she was like, then why aren't you? And my wheel started turning like, why aren't you? Right, why aren't I? I don't know. You know, I didn't even think, you know how sometimes people don't realize that they actually have things, things are possible. They don't realize they have these options. And for whatever reason, I put myself through massage school, did all of this, did all, and still didn't realize that it was possible for me to do this full time. That That's like the craziest thing to me. But yeah, I didn't know. Well, I am so glad that you did hit the ground running mm-hmm. with massage therapy because you are truly, what did that customer tell you? A, a the massage therapy. Bartender to the soul. To the soul. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I am so glad that I happened to be up late one night on my phone, um, Facebook, and mm-hmm. you were posting, and I said, wait a minute, she does massages. So I checked out your profile, and here I am today. I can honestly say I am so happy I caught them hands. I'm happy. It's been a long time. I ain't catching <laughs> in a long time, but thank you, thank you, thank you, because, yeah. Yeah. You're an awesome massage therapist. I'm so thank glad you. that you hit the ground running with that. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely your calling. One yeah. of many. I, I knew that it was my calling and my confirmation when, you know, I had announced that I had quit NOPD. And that next day, I saw uh, six clients in my oh, living wow. room that day. They yeah. they was like on it, like, oh, I'm yeah. coming then. I'm coming. I'm coming. And, you know, I started uh, NOLA therapy room that was the name of my first business i started that in my living room moved it to my garage i converted my garage into a little mini spot people didn't even realize they were in a garage because i had it set up so nicely um and then i grew out of that garage so fast because like my neighbors were coming knock on my door like we so happy for you for all of your success like people are just coming all the time, you know, so that was their way of saying, you know what, we got too much traffic too going much on. Traffic. So you might want to start looking for a right. commercial space. Right. And that's what I did. I found a little space in River Ridge at first. It was one little room. Mm-hmm. Then um, found that huge space mm-hmm. in, in Harvey. Harvey that I thought was my forever home, but God had other plans, other plans for me. And it's so funny because the space that I'm in now at 213 South Broad, that's the space that I actually wanted. Remember that occasion? I wanted that space so badly, but it was like the landlord wasn't trying to work with me. And, you know, and I found the day that I was supposed to sign on South Broad, I found Manhattan and signed there. Well, guess what, South Broad? The enemy (laughs) might have been working one way, but God had it all. Exactly. God is so funny. Yes. So So I'm so thankful for that. But yeah, so now the state of, uh, I actually um, merged with our sister spa and we uh, evolved into this full day spa. NOLA Organic Spa is now a full out day spa. And we offer everything, massages, manis, petties, waxes, skincare services, just the whole gamut. We're actually expanding now. We are 
in the process of doing some renovations and we're adding more treatment rooms. Really beautiful day spa. You need to check it out. <laughs> and it's vegan friendly. Did yeah. You that? That's the thing. Okay, so growers, I'm the vegan of the groom to grow uh sisterhood here. And so everything that we do at Nola Organic Spy is either vegan or organic or both. You know, we don't use chemicals. We don't like any of that stuff. We, If you walk into the Manny Petty room, you don't smell any acrylics or anything like that because we only do natural nails. Now we will do gel nails, you know, but we don't do acrylic nails or anything like that. No dips or anything. Everything is organic in the uh, spa rooms. We use um, coconut oils and that type of thing on our clients. In the uh, esthetician suite, we actually, um, we don't do like uh, chemical peels. We do plant peels. Everything is plant-based, you know, even down to our cleaning products. We are very intentional about everything that we use in a spa. We don't want to, you know, use any chemicals that we can't touch your skin with. So everything that we use is a plant-based cleaner so that we can safely you know, touch that doorknob and still touch your skin without regard to, you know, feeling like, oh my God, what am I actually putting on to my client's skin? You know, everything is done with intention. And we made the list of 50 best day spas in the U.S. by Travel Noir. And since then, we've actually made a few more lists, you know, by the way. So, it's a trickle-down effect. Yes. It's a trickle-down effect. Yes. That is God. That is God. So, I hope that this answered your questions, growers. Um, In the future, you can expect more from NOLA Organic Spa. If y'all remember, I did the couples retreat before. We're actually uh, partnering up with Groom to Grow, and we're going to be doing a sisterhood uh, retreat, starting with some um, sisterhood campfires in our new uh, courtyard area at the spa. So, yes. So, um, I hope that, again, that answers your questions, and we are going to let Acacia take us out, but I do want all of our growers to be blessed, and let's continue this conversation in a group, okay? So, growers, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you may be facing today, you can still live again, live in proof. Listen to my story, listening to my story, listening to Ife's story, and Lashana has a story out of this world. Oh, yes. So, soon come. Soon to come. <laughs> you can live again. Just, just keep the faith and trust in God. So bye, growers. Bye, growers. Bye, Shana. (laughs) Tune in each Monday to the next episode of Groom to Grow. For our journey, your journey, our growth, your growth.